0: Welcome to the Derek Lamont Show. Of course, my name is Derek Lamont Jackson. You can find this show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, etc. All your major major platform, uh, sorry, major podcast platforms. I apologize. Um, I'm going to jump right into the saddle right now. As I'm looking at the schedule for Major League Baseball, my St. Louis Cardinals are on the road in California. They play the San Diego Padres at 8.40 p.m. Central Standard Time. Looking at my clock, it is 8.10 p.m. Um, so this might take place while I'm recording. If anything happens, I will let you guys know. Right now, Albert Pujols is sitting at 698 career home runs. He only needs two more to join the 700 Club. A very, very exclusive club. Members, Barry Bonds, however you feel about it. Barry Bonds has the most home runs of all time. Um, Obviously, Henry Aaron, the great Hammer and Hank Aaron, who passed away, I believe, January of 2021. And then, of course, the late, great Babe Ruth, the man who basically changed baseball uh it's a very very exclusive club it's still crazy that I think about it um the Yankees shut down Alex Rodriguez at 696 and they had 13 games to go in the season they could have let him at least chase you know you know four more home runs you know but if Pujols was to you know he's got two he only needs two there's uh about a week left of games maybe a week and a half um so 700 is very feasible um he would be obviously the very first cardinal in history to do it and it puts him among you know some of the greatest hitters hitters of all time um so if anything happens obviously we're on the road so we got first bats if anything happens while i'm recording i will break on whatever i'm talking about and jump directly into that if he gets to 699 in the time that i'm recording otherwise let's go ahead and jump right into the show there's a lot of stuff to talk about this week so i may be jumping around a little bit Uh, first we're gonna talk wrestling Uh, my guy your guy of course you guys know I'm a huge Triple H fan and I couldn't be more happy that he is now running the Federation aka WWE Um, Hunter gave an interview and he talked about what's coming up and what's um, going to be a huge change for a pay-per-view I think that definitely needs a shot in the leg and that is Survivor Series uh, survivor series is the annual fall classic for wwe it used to take place the day i think the first one took place thanksgiving night or the day after thanksgiving in like 89 or 90 uh undertaker debuted at survivor series 90 if i remember correctly um so many big moments the rock won his first title here in st louis at survivor series 98 deadly games so obviously it is one of the the main draw pay-per-views of wwe but i never liked to traditional survivor series five on five match and then how they've been doing a smackdown versus raw not exactly a fan of that either so um i don't know I'm, I'm happy that we're getting a shot in the arm so triple h says uh as originally reported by the ringer the november 26th event will feature two war games matches one for the men's division and one for the women's roster uh that's awesome Triple H also revealed that Survivor Series 2022 will not be about the brand supremacy, confirming that the War Games matches won't be Raw vs. SmackDown. Quote The tradition of the Survivor Series has ebbed and flowed and changed slightly over time, but this will be similar to that. This will not be Raw vs. SmackDown, it will be much more storyline driven. Good to hear. Survivor Series has had a brand versus brand theme for every event since 2016, Snooze Fest. When the brand extension was reintroduced, the 2019 event notably featured NXT wrestlers competing with the then Black and Gold brand winning the night overall. And it looks like Black and Gold is coming back. I know we're all very, very excited about that if you're an NXT fan. I know I, for one, am. Uh, At Survivor Series 2021, SmackDown's Universal Champion Roman Reigns defeated Raw's WWE Champion Big E in the main event of the show. Team Raw won both the men's and women's traditional 5-on-5 Survivor Series matches at the event. And this is why you don't do that, because it makes Raw look like the superior show. In some people's eyes, and mine, it is. I I've barely watched SmackDown unless I get word that something's going to happen. I traditionally watch Raw every week. I didn't watch yesterday because my daughter had a softball game It started at 7.45 and I was out there till like 9 o'clock at night. So I had my iPad in the car. I could have easily done that, but I'm not going to sit there and watch Raw while my kid is out there performing at her best in the field. So wrestling took a back seat but yeah traditionally i don't watch a lot of smackdown i'm just being completely honest about it uh triple h currently acts as the chief content officer of wwe and has been running creative since vince mcmahon's retirement in late july um not mentioned in this piece uh apparently triple h said that they figured out how to arrange the floor as to not lose any seats at all with the double ring with the two war games matches so this should be very very interesting um I'm actually now looking forward to Survivor Series, so I'm recording this. It is September 20th, Tuesday, September 20th to be exact. October is 11 days away, right? So um, November's a lot fucking closer than you think. Um, I don't know how the, where the story's gonna go from here. This is actually a big, big deal, considering the fact that they just fucking announced that Logan Paul will be wrestling Roman Reigns, which I think... I don't know if this is what Vince set in motion before he stepped down or if this is Hunter's doing, but I got to tell you, this is a stupid fucking match. If we're not to believe that Brock Lesnar or Drew McIntyre can beat Roman Reigns, why the fuck would we believe that Logan Paul could beat Roman Reigns? I'm sorry, that makes no sense. And he's a social media star, I get it, and him and his brother have turned into these somewhat prize fighters, you know, fighting Floyd and I think his brother was going to fight Mike Tyson and stuff like that. And that's all fine and dandy. And they're trying to sell this to the Saudi Arabian um, audience. And I guess I I would have to believe they they understand that North American fans are way too smart to believe that this is, like, even feasible. Logan Paul cannot beat Roman Reigns. It just makes no sense. If Brock Lesnar, who's a fucking machine, can't do it, and if Drew McIntyre, who's a giant, can't fucking do it, there's no way I'm going to believe that Logan Paul can do it. That just makes no fucking sense. So I have to be completely honest with you. I was just like, I can't believe they booked this fucking match. This, like, when when it leaked, I was like, there's no fucking way that's right. There's no way. And then we got confirmation. They did the, uh, the fucking like pre-fight um standoff press conference I was like this makes no sense and even Paul Haven says it he's like you can't beat Roman Reigns and we all know that it's like he can't beat him I don't know why we're even going to entertain this as a possible defeat they're not like if you didn't take the titles off of Roman at SummerSlam Crown Jewel is not the place to be fucking around with the title picture, especially with a guy like Logan Paul. I'm sorry. That just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I don't give a fuck who doesn't like it. I said it. Too fucking bad. So, I will say that they did go ahead and redeem themselves in my eyes with the uh, the, the announcement of these war games matches because um, it just looks like we were headed for a bunch of shitty pay-per-views going forward. So, i'm actually really really excited about this that sheds new light on survivor series for me the last time i was really invested in survivor series i think it was survivor series 2014 because there were all the rumors that was also here in st louis and there were all the rumors that sting was going to debut and he did debut in wwe that night and of course he faced hunter at wrestlemania that next spring so i don't know we'll see going forward but i don't know that's the biggest news coming out of wrestling this week so i don't really have much more I'm just going to move on to something that was huge this week. Um, so I want to say, was it yesterday or was it It was Sunday. I woke up Sunday, and generally the first thing that I'll do is I'll check my phone and see if I have any text messages or calls that I missed while I was sleeping, uh, try to catch up with family members or stuff like that. Um, Sunday morning especially, I checked because I had a very, very – uh um important family situation that started to take place starting thursday night and kind of developed over the weekend things are a bit under control now those who know know and i I do thank you guys for your thoughts and your prayers i almost lost somebody very very important to me uh my cousin my brother my best friends you know if you guys have heard me mention sterling before he was having some health issues and uh he's not completely out of the woods but he is trending towards feeling better so that was really big for me so I'm checking on him, and then also I, I jump on Twitter and I see that apparently Grand Theft Auto 6 is leaked. And I was like, this can't be real, can it? And apparently it fucking is. So, this was the biggest story on Twitter all of Sunday. Um, so, what we know an online hacker forum admin claims that the individual behind the GTA 6 and Uber hacks is none other than the leader of the Lapsus ransomware gang. Reportedly, a 16-year-old boy from the UK. Lapses previously breached Okada, Samsung, NVIDIA, Microsoft, Ubisoft, etc. The NVIDIA leaks showed us a couple of things. Somebody pointed out, number one, that Nintendo apparently is working on a follow-up to the Switch. It is going to be a different version of the Switch. Some people are just emphatically calling it the Switch 2 because we don't know what the code name is or anything like that. Um, From my understanding, it will use DLS um so they're going to try to achieve 4K on the switch which i remember they they told us that yeah it'll run 1080 when it's docked and it struggles to hit 900p and i've been playing my switch on a 4K TV since i got it and i'm like yeah not not at all i think it's it's 720 in handheld and it's supposed to run at 1080 when it's docked but it's generally about 900p not going to freaking lie so Apparently, we're getting this 4K Switch, but that was in the NVIDIA leak. Another thing in the NVIDIA leak, the most important thing to me was one of my favorite games of all time of the Final Fantasy series, and just period, is Final Fantasy IX. We all know, obviously, Final Fantasy VII Remake is out there. We played Part One, we played the Yuffie uh, DLC. We know Rebirth is coming next winter, and we know we're getting Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core Reunion December of this year. Um, apparently, in the leak, They outline the fact that there's a Final Fantasy IX in the remake. So I don't know when we're going to see that. Of course, we have to finish up this version of Final Fantasy VII Remake. And we know that Final Fantasy XVI is coming next summer. So I don't know when this Final Fantasy IX is supposed to take place. But fingers crossed, I hope that they don't shut this down. Um, So an update continued. The source code for GTA, it was either GTA 5 or GTA 6, I'm guessing GTA 6 was purchased for $100,000. This is a result of the leak. Um, I will say, looking at the leaked footage, number one, everything that we've heard is 100% right. Um, we will be playing with two protagonists, Um it is going to be set in South America with a Vice City vibe. There will be a Bonnie and Clyde type of Bonnie and Clyde aspect. I'm sorry, Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde type of aspect as there will be one male protagonist and one female protagonist. Apparently it does take place in the 80s in the like Miami Vice, coke boy era which Vice City was definitely based on and that's why it's kind of a return to that era. I do think that there's going to be some time jumps based on everything that I saw. It it looked like some of it had a modern feel to it just by the way the characters were dressed and the things we saw, like the restaurants and things like that. Um, The one thing I really didn't want from GTA 6 was multiple protagonists. I wouldn't care if it's just a, a single female protagonist. I think that would be really cool. When I played Assassin's Creed Odyssey... I definitely chose the female protagonist over the male protagonist because every fucking video game you get to play as a guy, why not play as a girl, right? Um, I didn't like GTA five because of the character switching. I think the story's really, really good, and I think it's very in-depth, but going from Trevor to Michael to, um, what is his name, Leon? No, what the fuck is his name? It's not Leonard, it's not Leon. I don't know what the fuck his name is. Uh, But anyway, jumping back and forth between the three characters, it kind of left me disconnected. Um, But, you know, I'm just like, I don't want to see this. I don't want to see this again. But they're doing it. And from what we've seen in the leak, it actually doesn't look bad. Uh, I I feel really, really bad for Rockstar, though, because it's out there. Now, also found in the leak was some screenshots of the remake of red dead redemption um we do know like we heard that there's a gta 4 remake in the works and there was a red dead redemption remake in the works for current gen consoles unfortunately due to the performance of the grand theft auto trilogy that released november of last year being so fucking bad apparently rockstar shelved it now if rockstar is working on it which it seems they were the game looked fucking great because I'm like, goddamn, John Marston and 4K. And I'm not talking Red Dead Redemption 2 John Marston. I'm talking Red Dead Redemption John Marston. I'm like, this looks fucking fantastic. Who cares about the performance of the other game? Because we know that Rockstar, they didn't do that in-house. They passed it on to a mobile game developer. And that's why the game ran like shit, played like shit, and just generally looked like shit, right? They were developing this in-house. Why pivot because that game failed? I guess maybe, obviously... They didn't get the return on their investment that they expected with the game failing the way it did. And maybe I guess that's a reason to pivot. But for me, I'm just like, no, please keep working on this. So the worst part about this for me, obviously the developers who are working very hard on GTA 6, all their hard work is spoiled, right? And I'm going to get to that in a second. But um, the game looked good. So it's not going to hinder them from moving forward. The only thing is now is we're worried about the timeline. We were thinking somewhere around 2024, 2025, and again, Rockstar is going to address that. I'm going to get that get to that in a second. But um, now your source code is out there. It's been sold for a hundred thousand um, dollars. Apparently, the sale of that was fraudulent. It did happen. Somebody did pay a hundred thousand dollars for what they believe to be Grand Theft Auto Six source code. Source code, but apparently the, the seller was fraudulent. So somebody got taken for a hundred thousand um, dollars. Hey man, buyer beware! All right, you can't. You that's why there's checks and balances and safety precautions and things like that for shopping online. Now, this isn't exactly shopping because it's not like shopping uh, would insinuate that you know you have the item at least in bulk enough that I can buy it and multiple people can come buy it. You just can't sell source code to a video game. That's not how it works. Now, a lot of different studios, including Naughty Dog and some other studios, came out in support of Rockstar saying it saddens them to see how this has happened, and they stand with them, Naughty Dog, of course, we all know, um, when COVID hit us, and Naughty Dog said they were postponing The Last of Us Part Two indefinitely, because, you know, the real thing was, they're like, well, with the factory shut down, manufacturing the hard copies of the game, and then people were like, well, that's bullshit, you can buy the game digitally, and then there's people like, Well, what about people who live in rural areas who do not have good Wi-Fi and they can't download the game? And they're like, well, fuck them. I don't care about them. I want to play the game. That wasn't my stance, but I'm like, I ordered two copies of it. I have the collector's edition and I bought the digital edition. So I'm like, I don't know if this affects me. Generally, with a lot of big Sony releases, I will get two copies. Um, I'll get the digital edition and then I'll get like a collector's edition. Um, Ghost of Tsushima... I got the collector's edition, but I didn't get the digital edition, so I have to actually insert the disc to play it, um, with God of War Ragnarok, yeah, I pre-ordered the digital and and I pre-ordered the collector's edition because, you know, Thor's fucking hammer is in the collector's, collector's edition, why would I not want that? Anyway, I'm getting off track, um, yeah, we saw how bad the community can be when things leak because they tore the last of us up, um, The thing about it is, um, you can leak the game. As long as the game comes out and fucking delivers, nobody's going to care. They review Bomb The Last of Us 2, and it's still the most awarded video game of all time. And I think Elden Ring is pretty close now, and there's some other ones up there. But in recent memory, The Last of Us 2, uh, God of War 2018, um, Red Dead Redemption, like Elden Ring, those games are all up there. They're listed among some of the greatest games of all time. So as long as Rockstar does what Rockstar does with Grand Theft Auto 6, I don't think they're gonna have any problems. And by the time the game is ready to release, if it really is 2024, that puts us two years away right now. Because generally with Rockstar, they're going to want to shoot for the fourth quarter. It's just like back in the day when, when you're when we bought physical CDs, right? I could always know that at the end of the year, Def Jam was gonna structure three guys to drop at the end of the year. Jay-Z, Ja Rule, and DMX were all gonna drop their album in the fourth quarter. They never, before that, X did drop in the spring with his very first album, then he doubled up and came back in the fourth quarter of that year with his second album. That was the year he dropped his first two albums within the same year. Um, Same thing with Rockstar. Grand Theft Auto V released... September of twenty thirteen. Um and that was in the PS3 and the Xbox three sixty. The very next year, Grand Theft Auto Five released November of twenty fourteen on the Xbox One and PlayStation Four. Red Dead Redemption Two released October twenty sixth of twenty eighteen. Right? Um the Grand Theft Auto Remastered Trilogy, November of twenty twenty one. They're going to be there in the fourth quarter. So we're looking around this time or a little later in 2024. That puts us two years away. And if it's 2025, that puts us three years away. Nobody's going to care about these leaks two or three years from now. As long as the game is good, people are going to play it. And because they're making us wait this long, by this time next year, and it's September 20th, by September, uh, September 20th of 2022... September 20th of next year, we're talking a full 10 years since a Grand Theft Auto game released. Grand Theft Auto Five came out September of 2013. Nobody's going to care. Nobody is going to care because we, have, if, if it goes to 2022, we're talking, I'm sorry, 2024, we're talking 11 years. If it goes to 2025, we're talking 12 years since a mainline new Grand Theft Auto game is released. Nobody's going to care. As far as how Rockstar feels about it, this is a message from Rockstar Games, and this is as of yesterday morning, eight ten a.m. We recently suffered a network intrusion in which an unauthorized third party illegally accessed and accessed and downloaded confidential information from our systems, including early development footage for the next Grand Theft Auto. At this time, we do not anticipate any disruption to our live game services nor any long-term effect on the development of our ongoing projects. We are extremely we extremely disappointed. To have any details of our next game shared with you all in this way, our work on the next Grand Theft Auto game will continue as planned and we remain as committed as ever to delivering an experience to you, our players, that truly exceeds your expectations. We will update everyone again soon and of course we will properly introduce you to the next game when it's ready. We want to thank everyone for their ongoing support through this situation, the Rockstar Games team." Um, So the interesting thing about this was, and I meant to comment on this on the show, but I didn't get around to it before this, and I'm looking for that one. Oh, boy. Um, I can't seem to find it. Or did I miss it? That's September 1st. They put out a statement where they basically were saying goodbye. Goodbye. To Grand Theft Auto 5. And. In my eyes. It seems as though they were going to. Kind of start devoting all assets. To Grand Theft Auto 6. And there weren't going to be many updates. On Grand Theft Auto Online. Which to me it doesn't matter. Because it's not something I play uh, at all. I played it once with a couple of friends. On a gaming session on a Friday night. But other than that. I'm just like this isn't very interesting to me. Um. So it's nothing that I've, like, people spend a lot of money on GTA Cash. At best, on currency, I may spend money, like, in a Fortnite Battle Pass. And know you guys are like, you're 40 years old. Like, Fuck you, my daughter plays it. We enjoy it. We play it together. Um, I spent a little money on VC, on NBA 2K. Other than that, I don't generally spend money on uh, microtransactions in games. I just don't. Like, I don't play Madden Ultimate Team. I don't play FIFA Ultimate Team. I don't play NHL Ultimate Team um i just don't do that stuff like I, and i don't play the wwe version either um i'm just not gonna spend a bunch of money there so like for the people that pa- paid for that gta plus subscription hey more power to you it ain't for me it just isn't something that Derek's gonna you know invest his money in because it like it, I, I guess it's not tangible on any level because if i'm upgrading my character in 2k you know 23 it's like it won't matter because when next year's game like they don't let you carry over from year to year i think that mlb the show is the best at that because whenever they they gave you that progression that carries on to the next year's title and so on and so forth i think maybe 2015 or 2016 you could literally be playing as the same character from 2015 or whenever they started that and it's now 2023 your annual sports titles outside of that don't let you do that um My Fortnite skins, no matter where I log into a console or a PC, wherever, or my iPad, all my skins are there. So that's cool, but it's not really a tangible item, I guess. So, I guess uh, I'm just not. I guess those are my those. It's not even a guess. Those are microtransactions. Let me be completely 100% honest about that. But I just feel different about the kind of stuff and like Madden and stuff like that. If that makes sense. Um. So, as far as the the leak goes and continues. There is an image circulating around of a conversation someone had with the GTA Six hacker, in which he claims to be selling development documents in footage of the canceled Bully Two. As of now, this is unverified. We kept hearing that Bully Two was coming and that there was going to be a female protagonist, this, that, and the third, and it never came to fruition. And it just makes you wonder, like, what are they do? Like, Rockstar has studios all over the world because the reason Red Dead Redemption Two was so good is it was a collaborative project between all of the Rockstar studios like all the studios abroad this that and the third it was a collaborative project everybody had their hand in it so when red dead 2 launched in october of 2018 i think red dead online came november or december of that year i can't remember and then you had gta online so basically you have all these studios around the world what the fuck were they working on Like, when did GTA 6 development really start? Because they told us a few months ago, it's in very early development. That's bullshit. Because these leaks tell us that everything that we were told a year and a half, two years ago is 100% right. It is set in South America. It is set during the Cocaine Cowboy era of the 80s. There is a male protagonist. There's also a female, female protagonist. Some of it takes place in South America. Everything is true. So telling us it's very early development, that's bullshit so now we know what they were working on because i'm like y'all have all these studios but we haven't gotten a new game since october of 2018 how does that make sense it, it just didn't make sense to me so the one thing that this leak has taught us that a lot of the stuff that leaked was real um that leak of the red dead 2 map that was 100 percent real um which also tells me that Rock uh Rockstar's infrastructure not as strong as you would think it would be considering they're one of the top Take Two is one of the top development uh publishers, right? They've got Rockstar, they've got uh two K. Um, they've got Hanger, which is also working on the next Mafia title. So it's like and Grand Theft Auto Five is the highest grossing entertainment property of all time like we're talking thriller and et and stuff like it surpassed that stuff avatar star wars gta 5 is the king how do you not have better infrastructure and another thing this kid if he's 16 and this is the same kid probably one of the greatest hackers of all time probably since that guy that hacked the very first iphone and then apple ended up giving him a job and like a Hyundai as a result of it however I wouldn't want to be this kid right now because apparently the FBI... Well, it's not even apparently. The FBI is uh, investigating this leak. And the kid is from the UK. However, Interpol exists. And, you know, we Americans, we just can't mind our own fucking business. But since Rockstar Games is on American soil, this is an American property, it is the FBI's duty... Well, it's not their duty. They don't have to get involved, but they're going to. They already are. Um... If the kid's already done this before and he got a slap on the wrist, I don't think anybody's going to let him off this time. I think that the question is, will Interpol or whoever whoever has to step in on that side of the pond, will they extradite this young man? What kind of penalties is his family going to face? Those are the big questions right now. So it might be cool to you and your friends, like in your, your subreddit or your Discord and stuff like that. Oh, I hack GTA. Yo, once they put those handcuffs on you, my brother, it's not going to be cool. I'm telling you that right now. So... Um prepare for the fucking worst. And for the family of this young man, lawyer the fuck up because they are coming. The FBI, the feds have a ninety-seven percent conviction rate. You put the stuff out there. You shared it online. And people took screenshots. Cause even though Rockstars had all the images removed online, YouTube, Twitter, all that stuff, people have those screenshots and the video captures in their phone. You're as good as God. So I don't know. That's where I'm going to leave that, and I'm going to go ahead and move on. Um, we're going to move on over to the sports world. Um, this is very interesting. High school players have been, prevent- have been prevented from making the NBA leap since the 2006 NBA draft, and that could soon change. Um, that could change as soon as 2024. The league and uh, excuse me, the M- MBPA National National Basketball Players Association. Expected to agree on moving the draft age elibi- eligibility from 19 to 18. Sources tell Sham uh, Sharania. Um, yeah, this is interesting because the timing of it is very, very interesting. Um, Bronny turns 18 in like a month or something like that. Obviously, Bronny would be LeBron James Jr., Bron's oldest son. Obviously, there's Bronny, and then there's Bryce, and then there's Zuri, who's a little cutie. Um Bron is going on record as saying, Yeah, I want to play with my son. I definitely want to play with my son. Whoever drafts my son, they get my services in the future. Even if Bron has nothing in the tank, if Bronny can get drafted, and what he's basically doing is campaigning to get Bronny in the NBA. Let's be completely honest with you. Zaire Wade is a talented young man. Is he NBA talent? No. If Dwayne Wade hadn't bought a controlling, not a controlling interest, I'm not sure how much of the Jazz he owns, but if Dwayne Wade didn't have an interest in Jazz ownership, would Zaire Wade have been drafted by the Jazz D-League affiliate? Probably not. I'm going to say this about these kids, and I've watched a lot of kids play basketball, and i play basketball my entire life, right? I watch a lot of sports. Um, When the Ball Brothers, when LeVar was telling us, I'm getting all three of my sons in the NBA, and people were like, I don't know, and Lonzo had just finished his year at UCLA, and I looked at all three of them, and I'm sitting there with some friends, and we're having a conversation. I was like, you can say what you want. Lonzo's 100% going to get drafted. The youngest son, he is the one. They're like, nah, nah. They're like, the middle one has the NBA-ready body. I was like, I don't see any talent in Jell-O. I, I just didn't. From day one, I'm like, I don't see it. Lonzo played D1 at UCLA, which is one of the blue bloods of college basketball, one of the best programs in the nation. He made it, they had a pretty deep run in the tournament, maybe Sweet 16 that year. I can't remember exactly. But when I watched and watched, I'm like, I'm telling you, that younger one is the one. Lo and behold, LaMelo Ball has been killing it in the NBA. Charlotte needs to figure some things out roster-wise and put the right talent around him. That's why Michael Jordan brought Mitch Kupchak in because Mitch obviously did a great job of putting the right talent around Kobe and Shaq when Jerry West stepped down from the Lakers. Mitch Kupchak knows what he's doing. Um, Another really good draft, and the Hornets could become a power in the East. Don't quote me on that. I'm not saying it's going to happen immediately, but I'm saying uh, LaMelo Ball is a great piece to build around, just being completely honest with you. I say all that to say this. When I look at LeBron's sons, I told people, Bronny's good. He could even play D1 college basketball. I don't think he's NBA good. When I look at Bryce and how Bryce shot up five inches and he's Braun tight already, and I watch the way Bryce plays and Bryce's game, and he reminds me of his father at that age, I would take Bryce any day over Brownie. I'm just being completely honest. With this, it just feels like they're campaigning to get LeBron James Jr., aka Brownie, and Bryce into the NBA and a lot of other kids who had to go to college for a year and then made the jump and weren't necessarily ready because there's a lot of kids sitting at the end of these NBA benches and they are not ready to play at this level they just aren't and when they get into the game it fucking shows now you got to get the minutes you got to get the time I get that um I want these kids to shine I want them to grow into great players um But there are growing pains in the NBA. I remember when Jermaine O'Neal sat at the end of the bench for the Portland Trailblazers. And I'm just like, are we ever going to see this kid really play? And then Indiana took the chance. And then Jermaine O'Neal was really close to making Indiana the team to beat in the East. And then, unfortunately, the malice at the Palace of Ron Ortiz and the Pistons and all that. And it just wasn't the same after that. Um, But... I'm not, I'm not against these kids getting paid because if you can turn pro in golf and tennis and all that stuff at a young age, they should be able to do the same thing in the NBA. The NFL is different, obviously, because of your body has to be ready for the NFL and your mind um the nhl you can be drafted between i think 18 to 24 you can get drafted and go to college you can get drafted you can you can play major junior uh hockey and get drafted to the nhl you can you know leave high school and go play for the development the u.s uh national development team a lot of great players that come out of that project that uh that team uh austin matthews patty kane um all three of the hughes brothers quinn luke and jack hughes um who else came out of the national development team uh phil i love phil kessel you guys know how much i love phil kessel uh, a lot of talent came from that development team now they had tutoring on the side but they didn't go to true traditional school so if they can turn pro in these other sports at 18 i 100% believe the nba should allow this as well and while they weren't allowing it from 2006 up until whenever this rule changes yeah, it looked racially biased, to be completely honest with you. And I'm not trying to play the race card, but I look at it and I'm like, yo, why why can't these young black men get paid? You know what I mean? And I love all sports. I don't particularly watch a lot of tennis. I don't particularly watch a lot of golf. Um, I play golf, not as much as I like to, but I do play. Um, so it's, it's not meant to be, a, it's never meant to be a thing about race. But I'm just sitting there like, yo, the only group of kids they don't want to get paid are these black kids. And this is really, really strange to me. And it's not really that strange because, you know, that train's never late. That's all I'm saying. Um, but I don't know. We'll see how this shakes out. Uh, it's interesting if it would happen in 2024. Uh, Bronny turns 18 really soon, so he would have to finish out his senior year and he would at least have to go to college at least for one year. So um, I know he took that visit to Ohio State a couple of weeks back. Um And um, I know there was some talk about Bron saying if he had went to college, more than likely it would have been uh, Kentucky or Ohio State, Kentucky, because of his relationship with John Calipari. And then obviously he's from Akron and the Buckeyes, you know, uh, Ohio State basketball, you know, they're sponsored by LeBron James' Nike brand. And um, the, uh, the Buckeyes, I think, for one game wore some special jerseys by LeBron's Nike brand. And they had lebron soldier cleats and stuff like that and of course kobe said if he had gone to college that he would have went to duke because his his relationship with coach k and stuff like that um so Bronny said he is not committed to ohio state but he's thinking you know um i think it would be really cool if he went to ohio state he did look good in that buckeye uniform i will say that so i don't know we'll be paying attention to what happens with Bronny, and i'm gonna be watching bryce like a fucking hawk because i really think bryce is the one i just you know, I don't know, forgive me if I'm wrong, but Bryce just, he has something, it's an intangible that you can't measure, that Bryce has, and I'm not seeing it from Bronny, so I don't know, we'll see, and I'm not trying to bash his kids, because they're just kids, that's all I'm saying, moving right along the college football, uh, this was very, very interesting, this comes from thespun.com, Kirk Herbstre calls out Major's program, uh, Major Program's fan base on Twitter, um, UCLA's football program has seen comically bad turnouts of late and ESPN's Kirk Herbstreit just doesn't understand how it can even happen, piggybacking on UCLA Trump, uh, UCLA alum Troy Aikman's post regarding the matter, Herbie echoed the Hall of Famer's sentiments calling the situation embarrassing, um, here's the original tweet from, it started with a guy by the name of Ross Dillinger, um, he's got a verified Twitter account, so I don't know, This is a pick from the Rose Bowl today at Jonathan Adams. Wolf. So the Rose Bowl, obviously, the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all, the the most famous college football bowl game, right? Um, The Rose Bowl is actually where UCLA plays their home games. And then in the postseason, it is, you know, pageantry central. It's the Tournament of Roses. It's the Big Ten versus the Pac-12, you know. And who knows going forward because of the realignment and the conference expansions and all this stuff. But anyway, uh, Troy Aikman then responded to the tweet saying, This is an embarrassment, but we couldn't fill the Rose Bowl in 1988 when we were the number one team in the country. Anyone else at UCLA think it's time for an on-campus 30,000-seat stadium? Of course, if we can't play better than we did today, it would be half empty too. UCLA has not been a good football team for quite some time. Um, if you watch the Trojan War 30 for 30 documentary about the the USC Trojans in the early 2000s that were helmed by Pete Carroll, uh, Lindale White had a very in- interesting statement about the UCLA Bruins. You don't lose to the Boo CLA Bruins. You just don't. They were always the little brother. I remember one year, uh, the season shook out really strange and... USC didn't have a particularly great year, but because everybody else was losing as well, the polls, it was kind of understood that all USC had to do was beat UCLA in the Rose Bowl in the last game of the season, and they would get into the national championship game. This is when we were still under the BCS. I want to say this was 07, maybe, I believe. It's after the, the Rose Bowl game with USC and Texas. That still gives me nightmares, but I digress. Anyway um John David Booty was the quarterback so this is after Matt Leinart I'm pretty sure it was John David it was before Mark Sanchez took over and yeah all we had to do was go into the Rose Bowl and beat UCLA and it was like we're getting into the VCS national title game and guess what didn't happen we did not win that fucking game I say we because I'm a USC fan as well as an Oklahoma fan fight on victory boomer sooner as well um so then Kirk Herb Street, a.k.a. Herbie, Troy, how is this even possible? I know LA is a big town and there's a lot going on, but these ongoing photos, every UCLA home game like this, are, as you said, embarrassing. Chip and this team deserve better. Um. So some people had some things to say about this. UCLA nearly dropped its game to South Alabama on Saturday, but a botched fake field goal attempt allowed them a chance to escape the Rose Bowl with a win. Aikman and other, others have suggested it's time for the Bruins to put a stadium on campus instead of playing 45 minutes without, without L.A. traffic away from Westwood. But like the legendary QB said, if they continue to play like this, it'll still be half empty. Um. Who would be responsible for the Rose Bowl if UCLA built an on-school, on-campus stadium? That is a huge question. Is the Rose—because the Tournament of Roses committee, I don't think that— I don't I don't I don't think the Rose Committee is responsible for the stadium itself. That can't be right. I'm not sure. If UCLA decides to build an on-campus stadium and they move out of the Rose Bowl, the question is who's responsible for the upkeep. Now, there is a trust for the Rose Bowl. I do know that. Um with corporate sponsorship, I guess they could take care of mending the stadium, the field and stuff like that. They would hi- have to hire a grounds crew. Um but it would give them a chance. I mean, I'm pretty sure the the grass for the Rose Bowl is specially grown somewhere else, and I believe when UCLA finishes their season, they rip up the sod and they put down fresh grass, and then they kind of take care of it over the next two or three weeks before the Rose Bowl game on New Year's Day. I don't know who's responsible for the upkeep, though. Is it the University of uh, California, Los Angeles, a.k.a. U- UCLA, Or is the Rose Bowl Trust responsible? I don't know. Um, It would be interesting, though, um, to have an actual home field advantage because it's just they play at a de facto stadium. It's like the Clippers. It's still Staples Center to me. I'm not calling it Crypto fucking Arena or whatever they changed the name to. I'm not going to do it. Kobe and Shaq won titles there. It is Staples Center, all right? What the fuck? The Clippers play there. But it's the Lakers Arena. We know the Clippers are leaving and going into their own be- uh, beautiful building from what I've seen of the artist rendering, so we know that has happened. That is the Lakers home court. So much that the Clippers are embarrassed to play there, and they have to cover up the Lakers championship banners for every Clipper home game. Like, talk about fucking embarrassing. Um But technically, Dr. Bus and the Laker family, or the late great Dr. Bus, I'm sorry, genie's in charge now. They don't own the building. Somebody else built the building. They invited the Lakers to be tenants and the Kings. I don't remember exactly how it goes, but if you watch the Laker documentary on Hulu, it kind of explains it a little bit. Um, I'm not advocating for the Bruins to move out of the Rose Bowl, but this goes both ways, because like Troy Aikman Aikman said, they had the number one team in the country in 1988, and the game still looked that way. Um, It's like one of those things, it's like We have to come to the understanding that obviously UCLA is a basketball school and it doesn't matter. Just like USC football rules. Nobody cares about USC basketball. When they had DeMar DeRozan, people cared because DeMar DeRozan was a great talent. Um, Romeo Miller, with his dad being Master P and him being DeMar DeRozan's best friend, some people care, But I don't remember ever seeing Romeo get off the goddamn bench when he played at USC. People cared about UCLA football when Justin Combs, Diddy's oldest son, went there. But I don't remember seeing Justin fucking play. So at UCLA and USC, they get these stars of these kids, of these celebrities and notables that we know. But it's still about the top star recruits that are playing. Could you get some boosters to kick in money? You have to obviously secure the land, get it as close to campus as possible and build a stadium. But can they fill it? Okay, because at the end of the day, if you're going to UCLA, if I was to go to UCLA tomorrow, the Rose Bowl's not on campus, right? So I don't care. I'm going to go to fucking Pauley Pavilion because John Wooden, Luol Cinder, um, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Love, uh, Bill Walton, um, fuck, Lonzo Ball. So many great players went through the doors at Pauley Pavilion and were Bruins. So that's what people care about when you talk about UCLA nobody cares like I'm sorry nobody really cares about UCLA football they really don't and the it's even when the team is good it seems like the stands are like only 30 percent filled so like I guess you could have that conversation about an, you know an on-campus stadium but at the same time like how much of a difference is it really gonna make I don't know so anyway we're gonna go ahead and close it out here on college football, and I'm checking the score, bottom of the first, we didn't do anything in the first run, so uh, needless to say, it's uh, it's nothing, nothing, no outs, uh, San Diego's got runners at first and second, Yankees are tied right now with the Pirates 4-4 in the top of the eighth, uh, Toronto's up on Philly 14-10 in the bottom of the eighth, the Red Sox are up 5-1 on Cincinnati in the bottom of the ninth, big whoop, who cares, it's the Reds, uh, the Mets trail the Brewers by one in the bottom of the seventh. That's about all the games that I care about as far as the races go um, for playoff positioning. Speaking of college football, let's talk rankings. The AP top 25 as of today. Georgia is at number one. Uh, Looks like the top seven has not changed. Yeah, the top seven hasn't changed. Georgia at one. Alabama at two. Ohio State at three. Michigan at four. Clemson at five. Let me just pause really quickly and say that how great it is that even though it's early in the season, michigan is ranked among the top five and i know they played a new year six bowl game last year and they won the big 10 but michigan has not been consistent in a very very long time not since lloyd carr was the the coach and lloyd carr left after the appalachian state upset and that brutal 2007 season michigan has not been consistent in a long fucking time so this is good Let's hope they're undefeated when they run into Ohio State on rivalry weekend because that is what I fucking live for. Anyway, back to the top 25. Clemson at number 5. After last year, that hiccup they had. Oklahoma is at 6. Boomer sooner. My uh, Trojans are also at number 7. So I'm good right here. Kentucky, congrats to to Wildcat fans. They move up to number 8. Oklahoma State drops to number 9. Arkansas is at 10, same as they were last week. Tennessee at 3-0. Congrats to Tennessee. They are at 11. NC State is 12. Utah at 2-1 and is up one spot to number 13. Penn State up eight spots to 14. Oregon is up 10 spots to 15. Ole Miss jumps four spots to 16. Baylor was not ranked last week. They are at number 17. I don't understand how Washington is number 18. And who did they just beat? I believe... I forgot who they beat, and that per- that team is ranked above them, but whatever. Uh, Washington at 3-0. They were not la- ranked last week. BYU drops down to 7. Florida drops 2 to number 20. Wake Forest is 21 at 3-0. Very interesting. They dropped two spots. This is why I have problems with the rankings, because if I'm undefeated and teams with one loss should not be sitting above me, the, the rankings, they've got to do something about this. Um, Texas is sitting at number 22, Texas A&M at 23, Pitt is at 24, Miami rounds out the top 25, obviously at 25. That's the top 25. As far as the coaches poll, Georgia 1, Bama 2, Ohio State 3, Michigan 4, Clemson 5, Oklahoma 6, USC 7. So the top 7 are the same in the coaches poll as well as the top 25. Oklahoma State and Kentucky are flip flop in the coaches poll. Arkansas, NC State, Tennessee at 12, Ole Miss at 13, Uh, Ole Miss is 16 in the top 25, which is interesting. Utah is at number 14, Penn State undefeated at 15, Wake Forest also undefeated at 16. So Wake Forest getting more respect in the coaches poll. Baylor, um, Utah is the only one-loss team in the top 15. Every other one-loss team uh, starts with Baylor at 17, Oregon at 18, Texas at 19, A&M at 20, Michigan State at 21. Michigan State is not ranked in the top twenty-five. That's interesting, but they are ranked in the coaches' poll. Florida's at twenty-two, BYU at twenty-three, Washington at twenty-four, and Miami it rounds out the top twenty-five of the coaches' poll as well. Um, let's see. As far as this weekend goes, West Virginia versus Virginia Tech. That is a Thursday night matchup. Uh, I might tune into that. I'm not sure. That's in Blacksburg. Um, Friday night, nothing really to write home about. Saturday. Maryland and Michigan, so it looks like we're getting into conference play for some schools. Um, that's a Big Ten matchup. That's an 11 a.m. kickoff on Fox. Uh, the ACC starts conference play. We have number five Clemson and number twenty one number twenty one. That's an 11 a.m. kickoff on ABC. Um, Baylor versus Iowa State. Baylor's ranked seventeen. Mizzou Tigers start their SEC schedule. They go on the road to Auburn. That's an 11 a.m. kickoff on ESPN. Um, who else do we have? Florida versus Tennessee. This used to be a really big game back in the day. Uh, Florida's ranked 20th, Florida's ranked 20th, and Tennessee is ranked to uh, 11th. That's the 230 SEC game on CBS. Uh, Texas Tech in Texas. That's in Lubbock. Notre Dame unranked. I forgot about the fact that Notre Dame is not ranked in either of the polls, so you have that. They go on the road to North Carolina. Um... Oregon at Washington State, nothing to write home about there. And what is the big game? Arkansas at Texas A&M, that's the 6 o'clock game on ESPN. Vandy versus Bama, that's on the SEC network. Wisconsin versus Ohio State is the ABC Saturday night game. Big 10 matchup, of course. Ohio State is ranked number three. Wisconsin is not ranked at all. And yeah, it looks like that's it. Oklahoma, we've got a 7 p.m. kickoff against Kansas State. I expect us to take that one, not going to lie. Hope you guys don't goof it up. Um, Yeah, Stanford versus Washington. And USC versus Oregon State. So we haven't really got into the good slate of college football games as far as the conference scheduling goes. I'm expecting that to show up around the next week. Um, but it's been very interesting thus far this season um there's a couple of games i'm looking at but nothing right now is really gonna have a tilt unless somebody big gets upset um looking at the schedule the only team i really see on upset watch to be completely honest with you is my sooners unfortunately um could wake forest beat clemson absolutely wake forest is at home um i don't know i I just don't see you know mizzou and auburn are both unranked so it really doesn't matter who wins that game i expect auburn to take that game and be completely honest with you you know mizzou just doesn't travel well we were never built to be in the sec and it was a a cash grab and i understand it but at the same time you it it doesn't matter this is the deal that took place um i think they started sec play in 2012 or something like that it doesn't matter from day one i was against this move and i'm still against it so it is what it is um Yeah, nothing to really look at right here. Let's take a look ahead to next week because we're getting into October. Um, Alabama versus Arkansas, Michigan and Iowa. Iowa played spoiler for a couple of teams last year. NC State at Clemson, uh, Oklahoma at TCU, Oklahoma State at Baylor. That's a rematch of the Big 12 championship game last year. Stanford at Oregon, Wake Forest at Florida State. Florida State needs a victory to get back into the rankings. Georgia Tech at Pitt, uh, Illinois at Wisconsin, Kentucky at Ole Miss. That's a big game next week. That's an 11 a.m. kickoff. They should pivot that game to a later start time um, because I don't think the SEC has anything anything really good for a later game that day. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything. LSU versus Auburn, but they're both in ranks. So, again, Georgia versus Mizzou. Um, Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I'll keep you guys up to date on all this stuff. Um, Going back to check Major League Baseball. San Diego, unfortunately, scored. So, they're up 2-0, and no, Pools has not hit a home run. So, he's still sitting at 698 as of recording. By the time I finish, though, obviously, I'm actually finishing now. So, by the time you guys hear this, he could have actually hit another home run or hit another two, he might be at 700 by the time this episode releases. But anyway, I'm gonna go ahead and it's like I end every op- every other episode of my podcast. Uh, believe in yourself first and foremost, because if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will believe in you. As always, my name is Derek Lamont Jackson. It's been my time, I gotta go, peace out. <laughs>